If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I'm trying to think about what cliche I should use to open this show to signify that we're back doing the Steelers Standard after. Should we do Back in the Saddle again, the classic Aerosmith song? Back in black? I mean, yeah, there's... We're not wearing black, though, so that doesn't work. I'm wearing blue, you're wearing wearing blue, I'm wearing gray. We're back. Tom, and it feels it's great. It's been a long time. It's been a while since we cracked the microphones together a couple times through camp. But we did a we did a training camp report. Me filling in for yep. labs. We did a couple night shows. The training camp roundtable. But, but listen, this is the first Steelers standard episode we've done, and what feels like I think a month. Yeah, and, and listen, just I know you guys were missing us. You were craving us like a drug that you've been <laughs> weaned off of suddenly. But we got stuff we got to do around here when training camp rolls around. We're busy. Our hands are in multiple piles. Jacob moved up to Latrobe and lived there for three weeks straight. So I'm sorry. We wanted to do the show. It's not like we were just being lazy, and it's not like you couldn't hear us if you tried hard enough to listen to SNR or any of our our broadcasts during camp. But it just couldn't happen. You know, We just couldn't make it happen. But we're back. We're going to be here. Probably going to drop about a set of three episodes, three days a week as we work our way through the season. Exciting. That's what we season's usually here do. Now. That's what I we mean, usually do during the season. That's what we usually right? do. We're our, back in full swing. Our our boss, Brian LaMartina, came into the studio earlier this morning and says, we're in it. And I go, we are in it. This is it. And it feels really good to have some actual content to jump into, some actual games to talk about. Steelers, Jaguars, 16-15 to victory over Jacksonville Saturday night in Jacksonville. Uh, Steelers are now 2-0 and in the preseason. That means absolutely nothing, except for eh, it's better than being 0-2, I guess. A lot of ugliness in this game Oof. against Jacksonville, though. A lot of ugliness. But we love to be glass half full first, so let's start there, and let's talk about the quarterbacks, because once again, these three quarterbacks, pretty much all three of them did things that I liked in this game. And although there is separation, I think, between who's going to be the number two quarterback between Rudolph and Pickett, I mean, it's hard for me to move Pickett up based on how Rudolph is just successfully holding him off. And Mason Rudolph, 17 for 21, 127 yards and a touchdown, 107.7 passer rating. Kenny Pickett only missed one pass, six for seven, Mm -hmm. 76 yards. And a touchdown, 151.5 passer rating. Mitch was 5 for 8 for 60 yards, 85 passer rating. So for the first time in the preseason, one of the three didn't get a 100 passer rating. But he didn't throw 
He didn't throw a touchdown, or, and that's, yeah, that's why a, he didn't get that's that the boost thing, up is to that The other two guys have thrown a touchdown, exactly. at least one per game. But no turnovers from any of them, except for Mason Rudolph and that stupid intentional grounding in the end zone. Which penalty. was a bad it's play. Not a I mean, you have to have that IQ, because I think we all were thinking it when he threw that ball, oh no, this is going to be called a safety. But all three of them played well, and Mason has this habit, at least the past two preseason games, of having a really boneheaded play happen. First game was not his fault against Seattle when Dan Moore got absolutely waxed and the, the ball came out and they recovered. But then he bounced back and he threw a beautiful touchdown pass mm-hmm. to George Pickens. Started off rocky against Jacksonville, taking that intentional grounding in the end zone. I mean, Mason should have been the guy that doesn't do that. He's been around the block long enough. He's That's something I would expect to see out of Kenny, if anybody. For sure. I mean, yeah. Mitch, and Mitch and Mason, I would put on maybe an even playing field. Mason, I think, has been in the league for one year longer, but Mitch has more starting experience. So the two of them, you would think. So it was bad to see Mason do that. Right. That's you got to have a lot more awareness. To be in fair, the though, he was about to get. He was going to get clobbered. So safety one way, safety the other. I guess you could say that, but. Beyond making that big mistake, he bounces back, and he goes 17 for 21, and he leads a game-winning drive. It's back-to-back games now that the Steelers have had game-winning drives against their opponent. Of course, the defense had to hold and all had to hold our breath for a missed field goal to win the game, but that's another game where one of these quarterbacks came in down in the fourth quarter and led a drive to victory. So hats off to Mason there. But once again, for the second straight game, all anybody really wants to talk about is number eight. And how Kenny Pickett looked because he keeps checking every box every time he goes out there. Third string, fourth string against Seattle. Oh, he had a great second half. He leads the comeback and he wins the game. But it's just the third and the fourth string. That excuse was not there against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Saturday night. He was going up against first teamers in Jacksonville. Going up against a really good Jacksonville defensive line, too. A lot of first round picks recently put into that Mm -hmm. into that offensive or defensive line for them. And he was playing with the Steelers' first-team offense, save Najee Harris, who didn't play in the game. But everybody else was out there for him to utilize in that two-minute drill at the end of the first half. And boy, did he look the part. He looked the part, and we heard from the players in the post-game locker room interviews that he he was the part, right? It, not that he looked the part, but he in reality didn't transfer. You heard Mason Cole in the in the locker room interview saying. He got into that huddle and said, hey, here's the situation. We have this amount of time left. We got this amount of timeouts left. Let's not forget, you know, how this game is supposed to be played. Yeah. We're going to have to spike the ball. We're going to have to do a lot of hurry up. Just don't be lazy. Get up to the line of scrimmage and just let us spike the ball. Let us manage the clock the way we want to manage. Let's make sure that we're in charge of the clock and not the chart and the clock is in charge of us. And to have a guy like Kenny Pickett be so young, as a rookie, for the first time playing in the NFL, granted it's a preseason game, he lived up to the hype as much as you could in the first preseason game, right? You have a lot of hype. A lot of guys have a lot of hype in the in the yeah. preseason, uh, and then you actually have your first chance as a rookie to show if you're worth it or not. He comes out, kills it in game one. Everyone's chanting his name. He comes back for game two, that two-minute drill. He leads the team. He not just leads them down the field. He leads them as a leader. He leads the squad down the field. He just looks so calm under so, that pressure. And his so I know you just laid out the um his stat line for the the second game combined. Pickett is 19 of 22 for 171 yards, three touchdowns, 
zero interceptions, and a 138.6 passer rating. Yeah, it's pretty good. And again, it's preseason, but this guy is not shying away. A lot of people at the beginning of the preseason were saying, Kenny looks really young. He looks really nervous. He looks really shaky. He looks anxious. He wasn't calm. Haven't seen that once in the preseason. Either game, no. right? It wasn't that he came out in game one and was a little shaky. He drove the field. He drove down the field his very first game, his very first drive for that touchdown to Jalen Warren. Did it again with the touchdown pass to Connor Hayward, and then he did it for a third time on Saturday night against the Jacksonville Jaguars in a two-minute drill scenario. That's something that you and I have seen throughout all of training camp. That's a drill they practice every single day, a two-minute drill. And guess what he did, Tom? He went right down the field, executed it perfectly, and threw a great ball to score a touchdown to Benny Snell. He had Benny Snell get in the end zone. I think that's the biggest feat of you all, and that's funny. Herculean almost. I think we, we, we were allowed to throw ourselves under the bus here. Benny Snell had a, a run of a couple of bad plays, right? He mm-hmm. was just getting stuffed at the line. He couldn't create any separation Three whatsoever. Three carries minus two yards rushing for Benny. There you but go. let's not put Benny under that bus no, because, because everybody sucked at rushing the football oh. because the line was terrible. And we'll get to that yes. soon enough. But you and I were kind of bashing on Benny saying, well, we love Jalen Moore and we really think Antonio Mc- or Antonio Anthony McFarlane is going to be an asset to this team this year. Is Benny Snell in danger of not just dropping off the depth chart but also falling and failing to register or to to make that final 53. And then, as you said, Tom, Kenny is able to get Benny Snell into the end zone. One thing I will criticize, though, about the way that the Steelers utilized Kenny Pickett in the last preseason game, I think they pulled him out a little too early. Yeah, because to have Mason start the entire second half, I get he's your... I think de facto, even though it's not official, his third your third stringer right now. So you don't want to run the risk of injuring Kenny or or especially Mitch. But I'm going to look at the guys that Mike Tomlin did leave in. He left Dan Moore Jr. in for three quarters. Yeah. And that is not a good sign. That's not I wanted to get him a lot of a- uh game action. That was almost a punishment because he just wasn't playing up to what he should have done. I believe Kendra Green also played the first three quarters as well. He had a really rough game. And we'll get to them again, but I think it's the opposite for Kenny Pickett. You would have liked to see more of him. However, Tomlin said, that's enough. You not yeah. only had a good drive, you had it when it mattered. But I don't, and I, that's where I just don't get it. You know, Mitch obviously was probably supposed to just get the first quarter, but the drive he was on bled into the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Just let Mitch finish the drive off, so he did. Then Kenny comes in and goes three and out, and then he has that two-minute drill uh, with about a minute and five seconds left, takes him down the field, scores the touchdown, uh, 7-6 lead into halftime. I really thought he would have gotten two more series out of that halftime. You know, yes, I understand Tomlin thinking, hey, I saw everything I needed to see there, and I preached all week during the training camp practices when I talked to the media, our two-minute drill was not as good as it needs to be. Our two-minute, our two-minute needs to be better. And he dominated a two-minute, a minute-and-five drill right. for Kenny Pickett. Kenny so call it, too. It's one minute it, it was perfectly executed by him. So I can kind of see that side of things where he's like, I saw everything I need to see. Let's take him out. But I want to see how a quarterback that that's, that that's that young reacts to such a high like that. Wow, I just marched down the field 60 yards, put it in the end zone. We have the lead. How do you react on your next drive when you come out of halftime? I would have liked to have seen that, and I just would have liked to have seen him get more yeah. and more reps. I think everybody in Pittsburgh was 
at the edge of their seat, biting at their at their fingers, wanting to just see more of Kenny. I don't think it really mattered when you were going to see him. You just wanted to see more of him. And I think it did come to a, a shock to a lot of people that he didn't get that start in the second half. I think now the solution, or, or maybe a possible resolution to that is, does Mike Tomlin say, Mitch is great, we're going to stick with Mitch, but let's just see exactly what Kenny can do starting a game. Does, I think that's the biggest question here. Will Kenny get the start over Mitch in game three next In Detroit, week? yeah, I think that's huge. I, I, and I think that that's definitely on the table. Funny exchange on Twitter that really caught my eye between Mark Caballi and, and Mark Madden. Mark Caballi noted the snaps that Kenny Pickett took, like nine or ten total snaps, and was just like, this makes absolutely no sense. Why is he mm-hmm. only taking that few snaps? And Mark Madden quotes tweeted it and said, it doesn't make sense unless he's the starter. And that really made me think, like, do the steel are the Steelers kind of talking themselves into a competition? They said it was always a competition, but it kind of didn't seem like a competition. But now is it kind of in a weird inception kind of way, like mm-hmm. a competition within a fake competition that's now a real competition? Has now like turned into one. Because if it was a true three horse race, Mason would have been a lot, you know, more under consideration, I think, because of his strong camp. Although mm-hmm. I think he's kind of faded back behind the other two now. And again, through no fault of his own, just no, the other not, two playing really well and having higher own. ceilings. It's the other two are just ex- also excelling, and they're better. They're better skill set players than he sure. is. It makes me wonder, though, are they thinking now? If we go out against Detroit and give Kenny the start, and he looks like the starting quarterback, and he looks like he can get the job done, do they have an actual decision to make Week One? Now, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to be Week One mm-hmm. Cincinnati number one quarterback and it's going to take a few you know bad weeks from him a few uh, unfortunate results from the team to make a switch to the quarterback spot I, I think that their plan was their plan and they're going to stick to it but i have to wonder if there's a little bit of in the back of mike tomlin's head thinking is kenny ready for this like is he just one of these guys that can go week one and yeah there's going to be a lot of growing pains but there's going to be those joe burrow rookie year moments too where you just go this team's no good. He's making some rookie mistakes, but that's it. Like that is what a quarterback looks like. Stand and oh man, I, not to go off on a tangent, but a, <laughs> the play that stuck out to me that reminded me of the guys that have the it factor was the nice touch pass to Fryermuth over the middle of the field. The second, because there were two consecutive passes to pass. The one where he got hit in mm-hmm. the mouth. He didn't go down, but he got popped real hard in the mouth. Stood right in there, and it was such a beautiful touch pass. Utilizing the middle of the field, which is something we had not seen at all last year, was usage of the middle of the field. And he hits Fryermuth for a nice 24-yard gain. Beautiful. The, the, the fact that he was able to put that touch on a pass like that with a guy screaming, a first-teamer screaming right into his mm-hmm. face, that's what I'm talking about. So you'll make mistakes, but when you see that, you go, that's it. That's and when what you, a quarterback looks like. And when you juxtapose that to the Mason... Uh, intentional grounding, right? They both had guys coming at him. Mason made the entirely wrong play, and you saw Pickett with his poise, knew he was going to get hit, knew he was going to get banged up, but still put the ball and risk himself to put the ball where it needed to be, and not only where it needed to be, but to put it to a guy like Pat Frymuth, like you said, Tom, in the middle of the field, an area on the football field where the Steelers barely, barely targeted. 
barely threatened to to move the ball in that area last year. His first one-minute, two-minute scenario drill, he goes to pad firing with a guy who excels down the middle of the field like that. That's what a tight end, that's where a tight end shines, especially one like Pat Firemuth, who's such a pass-catching asset to a team on offense. And he put, as you said, a beautiful touch on the ball, despite the defender coming in right at him, despite knowing that he was going to take a big hit. And it has to remind you of last of last week, the game-winning touchdown pass to Steven Sims when the defender clocked him in the helmet, but he still got the ball to Sims. Sims did the rest, but still, that's two moments now for Kenny Pickett. One was a game-winning touchdown. One was to help his team drive down the field in a one-minute drill where he accepted his fate of a, of a big defensive lineman coming at him he was going to absorb the hit, but he still had to put the ball where it needed to go, and that was perfect. If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join ST Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. ST Bank, member FDIC. Pickett just seems like he has that it factor. And this is the part now where I want to pump the brakes a little bit, though, because I I do feel like there is a chance that you play him too early, even though he looks like he's ready to play, and you potentially ruin what his career could be. Now, I'm not saying you play him too early and he's an automatic bust. He looks like Daniel Jones out there. What is it, year four for Daniel Jones, and he still looks like a baby giraffe, just doesn't know what he's doing out there. Like, I'm not saying you'd get to that point, right. but maybe he can't. Everybody loved to make the comp about Kenny Pickett. Oh, he's going to be Kirk Cousins. His ceiling is Kirk Cousins. Maybe his ceiling is a little bit higher than Kirk Cousins, but if you play him too soon and you ruin him, perhaps that is all he can possibly reach. And when you go on week one in Cincinnati against a team that – really turned a corner last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Let's not forget, in 2021, we were saying the biggest question marks for Cincinnati were their defense and the offensive line. And they clearly improved on the defensive side of the football. Going into Cincinnati week one may not be the best fire you want to throw your rookie quarterback into. And I'm glad you actually brought up the name Daniel Jones too, Tom, because I actually saw somewhere this morning a stat or a, a compilation of, of st- statistics saying the highest quarterback rating through a, a quarterback's first two preseason games. And Kenny Pickett was one, but right behind him was Daniel oh, Jones and no. his rookie year. So I bet you Daniel Jones's rookie year, what was that, 2018? Everyone in New York who was panicking when the Giants drafted him saying, oh, why would we go out and waste that pick? There were so many better options. And then he had a great preseason I bet you Giants fans were saying, wow, this is going to work out. Daniel Jones is our guy. Here we are all these years later. The Giants will most likely win another four games this year and use their <laughs> high draft pick next year on a quarterback. Yeah, it's you kind of just uh, put some water on the fire there when you brought up that Daniel Jones stat. Uh, remember, Daniel Jones got brought in, though, and there was already an incumbent there in Eli Manning, a potential future Hall of Famer and two-time Super Bowl champion that he took the job from. 
Kenny doesn't have to do that here in Pittsburgh. There is no Eli Manning aura that's there, in front of you. There isn't a Ben Roethlisberger yeah, right. that's, aura. That's exactly the kind of thing it would have been if he came in with Ben in front of him. Which could make it a lot easier for him to actually nab that first or that, that QB1 position because it's just Mitch Trubisky ahead of him. Exactly. There's yeah. no nostalgia that's holding you no. from making that quarterback 20 switch. years of right. one quarterback. And even though the Giants did pull the trigger and tr- trade off Eli for Daniel Jones that rookie year, that's... That's a move that doesn't happen very uh, often. So, yeah, there's not that big roadblock in front of Kenny Pickett where you you just can't possibly win the job no matter how well you look because of number seven is just not going to go to the bench unless injury happens. So he absolutely can beat Mitch out. I mean, it's not like Mitch is this world beater that has been showing like he's going to be the next coming of Kurt Warner, you know, some guy that's going to just rejuvenate his career sure. later in his career and become this great player all of a sudden. No signs point to that, but at the same time, no signs point to Mitch Trubisky not being the number one quarterback when you go into Cincinnati for week one. I think he probably gives you the best chance to win that football game. Uh, Again, I like what you said about Cincinnati's defense. It gets better and better, it seems, every year. An offensive line, which we'll get to soon here, is just not looking good for the Steelers. Uh, You don't want to get Kenny killed in his first action out. Uh, just imagine nightmare scenario, Pickett getting sacked multiple times. The offense isn't able to really do anything uh, or sustain many drives in the game. And then Joe Burrow's just putting points after points after points on the board. I mean, that's a tough first game to have to bounce back from. So I think, uh, I don't think, first of all, that, that worst case scenario is going to happen. I think it's going to be a close game. Steelers play their AFC North rivals close for the most part. And first week of the year, a lot of teams are trying to get things figured out offensively. A lot of rust needs to be knocked off when you actually start to play the game. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout. But I do just think, and it's it's tough for me especially because I love Kenny Pickett to death, I just don't see why he would be ready to take the reins and why he would give you a better chance to win that week one game over Mitch Trubisky just yet. Maybe if he plays against the Lions on Sunday and he starts a half and he's like, 15 for 17 for 200 yards and two touchdowns, then we can talk. But at this point, no reason to give it to Kenny over Mitch. So Dan Campbell in his press conference, his most recent one at Lions camp, admitted that he had a conversation with Mike Tomlin saying that they both plan on, on playing their starters, their 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 team one, their or their their QB ones and wide receiver ones, ever their starters to start the game on in Detroit. For like a half, too. For the entire first half. Yeah, I so it's a dress rehearsal said. game for sure. Do you think Tomlin leaves in Trubisky for the f- entire first half? I do. Slash follow-up, is it Mitch who will start week three in Detroit or against Detroit? I do think it'll be Mitch who starts because it's going to, like he said, he's treating it like that dress rehearsal. But what if it is Kenny? Then does that kind of give you a hint into what he's leaning towards and that, hey, this is still a dress rehearsal, but... This is a dress rehearsal to see if Kenny's going to be my number one quarterback. He did not name a number one quarterback. He was asked yet, about yeah. it yesterday, uh, and he said he has not named one yet. So still things to be proven in this Detroit game, and I do I do think Mitch starts. I think Mitch probably plays the entire first half with most of the offense. I don't know if I would want to see number 22 out there. I think he's going to get some runs because Ta- Najee said – prior to the Jacksonville game that he would like to get some run in the preseason, didn't play against Jacksonville. Tomlin also said that he would like to see Najee get a couple runs in the preseason. So it seems like the writing might be on the wall, that he gets a couple of handoffs against Detroit. 
he'd probably be the one guy on offense I'd hold out the entire game. And if they're going to play the first half and he is going to play one series and then Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, Jalen Warren with the first team for the rest of that half. You just don't need to see anything really from 22. Want to see the wide receivers with the starting quarterback a lot. And I want to see the offensive line maybe should play the whole game. I mean, just straight up. Well, two guys played three quarters last night. Right, so it's trending in that direction anyway. And since Saturday, we have heard from those guys, Kevin Dawson, Kendrick Green, Dan Moore Jr., Mason Cole, that Mike Tomlin has made it very evident in meetings that this is the number one concern. He has put their tape up for everybody to see. He has put their names up on the whiteboard for everybody to see. The offensive line is clearly the the dark mark on this team as of right now. doesn't look like it's going to get any better. No. But, yeah, I, I would not be opposed to just saying, if you're not going to improve, I'm not going to arrest you at all. What what incentive do I have as as the head coach to give you the rest when you're not performing up to the standard that everybody else is? Back to your Najee Harris point, I think maybe because you don't want his first reps to be against Cincinnati in week one in, what would, what would that be, September 10th or 11th? 11th. Which is still a couple of weeks away from today alone. Right. Keep in mind, he's been at training camp all of all of camp. He hasn't, he's been a limited participant. He's been on the sidelines for the first two preseason games. I wouldn't hate it if he got out there for one series, Tom. Just one, just so he's not going out completely fresh, completely untouched, unscathed in week one of the regular season. However, going back to the Detroit Lions, their starters, keep in mind, they're going to be throwing out Aiden Hutchinson, who is, what, he was the number one or number two overall pick this past year. Two. Thibodeau, I believe, was number one. No, Thibodeau was number five to the Giants. He just got hurt. He was number two. Aiden Hutchinson was number two. Still, yeah. He, he's he's a top two pick. He was the second overall defensive lineman picked, or edge or edge guy or or pass rusher picked. This is going to be a big test. I don't know if I really want Najee Harris risking going up against Aiden Hutchinson in a preseason game. Yeah, um, you know it's funny you mentioned that uh, Hutchinson went number two. This offensive line had to work against the number one pick in the draft, Trayvon Walker, last week against Jacksonville. Trayvon Walker. And now they're going to have to work against the number two pick, Aiden Hutchinson, against Detroit. So the offensive line, a lot of people have said, hey, let's pump the brakes on how the quarterbacks look. You know, Detroit's, or excuse me, Seattle's one of the worst defenses in football. Jacksonville was one of the worst defenses in football last year. Detroit. Trending to be one of the worst defenses in football. It was la- 29th, I think, last year. It's probably not going to be much better this year. But there's dudes on those defenses, sure. especially Jacksonville's front. And Williamson has said multiple times, Matt Williamson, host of the drive with Dale Ollie, the Jaguars' defensive front is really good. Like, it's obviously not getting the shine that it deserves, probably, because it's Jacksonville and they stink and no one really expects them to surprise many people this year. But that's a good front seven that the Steelers O-line had to go up against, and you're going to get some of that against Detroit too. So I think it's a good little you know, test for the line that they're not just going up against um, below-the-line fronts. Like Seattle, I would say, was probably a below-the-line front. They're working on that defensive front. But with Detroit and with Jacksonville, there's legit NFLers out there. And Aiden Hutchinson, so far, what I've seen through training camp and preseason with him, he, he looks like the real deal. So... It'll be interesting to see how the tackles can handle him on Sunday. It'll be interesting to see how the tackles can handle people all year long. I mean, 
It's, it's going to be a test. Almost, you feel like even if you're going up against a weak pass rush or a weak run defense, you're still going to be tested given the, the, the track record or the lack thereof, you could say, of this offensive line. I know, and it kind of brings me back to the quarterbacks to come full circle before we wrap this episode up. And we talked so much about Kenny, and rightfully so, and you know, people are now wondering, is he going to contend for the number one spot with Mitch? It kind of just blew right past the whole battle for number two with Mason, which I still think is kind of a battle, but I, I think the Steelers are leaning towards Kenny. Uh, I think that they're getting more and more confident that if Trubisky were to get hurt late second quarter, early third quarter in Cincinnati, Pickett could come in and help them try to win that game. I, I think that that is starting to build in them, that confidence that that can happen. And I don't think that means that you should look at trading Mason. Right. Though. I was just about to say, I however, think need that doesn't all three mean Mason is going to go away. I wouldn't be surprised if all three quarterbacks started a game this year. That offensive line is See, going would, to get somebody hurt. I would, I would hesitate just because given how long it could take from the transition from Mitch to Kenny, right? maybe by that time another team is in the need for a quarterback. The, ask, the asking price is just too good of one to turn down, and Mason has to go. Yeah, but again, I just don't want to be stuck in a spot where, say, that happens in like week seven, and you trade Mason, and then week 14 comes you around, and Kenny you're still kind of in the race, and Mitch is on the mend, and you just had Kenny go down. You're turning the ball to Chris Oladokun now to try to get a couple more wins and maybe get you a seven seed. Like, I just think you should learn from 2019, keep three legit quarterbacks on your roster, and that way if you get into a break, cla- break glass in case of emergency scenario, you have someone in Mason that he's won five NFL games as a starter before. So he, he can definitely get the job done on a week-to-week basis, and – he knows the system, and you won't look like you did when you had Duck going out there. That's what my point is. It's like you'll actually look like a competent NFL team with maybe just a below-average quarterback. So I think I think you got to keep all three. I think it's the smart thing to do, uh, especially when you have that offensive line. And the other thing is, you know, you can keep Mason, and it's going to be tough for him to swallow that pill this year as third string, most likely. But he's going to leave next year. The team is most likely going to sign him to back up money. That's going to help your comp pick situation. You're going to get a comp pick back for that. So you're going to get something for Mason either way, whether you trade him now or if you just wait and let him leave via free agency and have more people leave your roster than you sign. Boom, there you go. There's a comp pick for Mason Rudolph. So I think you just wait it out with him. Keep him on your roster. Maybe he starts at number two for a couple weeks, eventually cedes that to Kenny. He's your number three for most of the season. I would go with that. I wouldn't have a problem with it, Tom, but the league is always ever-changing. You never know. You can always try to predict. Like a team gets desperate, you mean? You can always try to predict what your team will have to go through on a given season, but there are 31 other NFL teams out there, some of which, a good handful of which, barely trust their starting quarterback, let alone their backups. So that could just lead to the, 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 the breakup with Mason Rudolph. Well, there's a lot more stuff to get into, especially when it comes to the offensive line. We'll dive deep into that to start our next episode and talk a little bit about the skill position players on that side of the ball as well. Got to look at the defense, too. Defense yep. is probably going to play a lot against Detroit on Sunday, and they need to. So we'll talk about some things we like on that side of the ball and some inside linebacker things that we don't like. Oh, did I just give it away? I just gave it away. That's coming up next on our next episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. He's Jacob Recht. I'm Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you next time. 
If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join S&T Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for lemonade days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. S&T Bank, member FDIC. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.